Hi, I'm attorney Seymour Wasserstrom. In this video, I'm going to explain to you how Chapter 7 bankruptcy works in the state of New Jersey. The way you start a Chapter 7 bankruptcy is by filing a petition with the bankruptcy court. In New Jersey, there are three major locations for the bankruptcy courts. If you live up in North Jersey, you're probably going to file your bankruptcy in Newark. If you live in Central New Jersey, you're probably going to file your bankruptcy petition in Trenton. And if you live in Southern New Jersey, you'll wind up in Camden. Those are the three districts for bankruptcy court in New Jersey. Now that was important a little while ago and it's sort of changed now because the reason it was important is because you have to go for a meeting at some point with a trustee. And before COVID, if you lived in Northern New Jersey, you'd have your meeting at the courthouse in Newark. And that may happen again after COVID is done. But during COVID, there are no more court meetings for your Chapter 7 bankruptcy. They're all done by telephone. So in my opinion, it makes it a lot easier. Instead of having to travel to the courthouse in Newark, or travel to the courthouse in Trenton, or travel to the courthouse in Camden, now you can do it by telephone, and it's pretty straightforward. I think Chapter 7 is a very powerful process and helps a lot of people wipe out all of their debts and keep their property. So how do they do it? Well, first of all, it's a good idea to meet with a lawyer. You don't have to meet with a lawyer. You can do it yourself. And if you do the research and you want to take your chances, you can do, your, do it yourself. But it is a lot of paperwork. The bankruptcy paperwork is approximately 70 or 80 pages long, depending on what kind of debts you have, what kind of property you own. So when you file Chapter 7, you have to make full disclosure of your assets, your income, all your bills, all the people or companies you owe money to, and what your monthly expenses are. You have to show your tax returns for at least the last two years. You've got to get pay stubs or proof of income for at least six months. And you've got to get valuations on your property. If you own a house, you're going to have to demonstrate what the house is worth. Usually you don't have to do a big appraisal, but you can do what's called the comparative market analysis. So here's the procedure if you're in an attorney's office, and this is sort of the way we do it in our office. Initially, we hear from a client most of the time by telephone, and we like to interview you for free on the phone, not just to interview you, but to give you a complete analysis and evaluation of your situation, because everyone's case is different. There are certain principles that apply to everyone in bankruptcy, but everyone's case is different. It depends on what kind of bills you owe, it depends what kind of assets you have. So we want to ask you, do you own a house? Do you own a car? Do you have a mortgage? Is your house paid for? Are you making car payments? Do you have a lot of money in the bank? Do you have stocks or bonds? How many cars do you have? Are your cars financed? Are you actually suing somebody to try to get money from somebody? For example, we just had somebody in here a little while ago who got involved in a serious car accident. He's got a torn cartilage in his knee and he's probably, hopefully, going to get a lot of money for the injuries. And that has to be disclosed, and that's one of the rules that if you have a personal injury case, you have to disclose it because the bankruptcy court doesn't feel it's fair that somebody gets, let's say, let's say my client's going to get $500,000, and they owe about $50,000 in credit card debt. In that kind of case, he's going to have to pay off his bills, and we probably wouldn't even file bankruptcy if they're going to get a big settlement. But I, I don't want to digress about that other to let you know that you have to disclose personal injury cases, you have to disclose any lawsuits, if somebody owes you money. Those are the type of things you have to provide in order to file the bankruptcy petition. We as attorneys do all the paperwork for you. 
We have to go over it with you in detail. You have to swear and sign that all the information you've given is true and correct. We have to have, if you're working and getting paid by checks or W-2 employee, we have to show all your pay stubs or proof of income for the last six months. If you're in business, we have to show what your proof of income is if by usually getting statements of your income. Profit and loss statement is what they usually call them. And uh, if you're getting Social Security, unemployment, welfare, any other type of benefit, Social Security, all that has to be disclosed. We have to disclose all your bills, which aren't just credit card bills, but you can also, even if you owe money to some relatives, maybe your aunt loaned you some money, you have to disclose that as well. You have to disclose any transfers of property that you've made in the last four years. If you've given away property or sold property, you have to disclose that. So it's a lot of disclosure, and you're going to swear under oath that all the information is true and correct. So make sure you tell your attorney the truth, because you are going to have that meeting with the trustee, as I said, by phone. When you used to go to the courtroom and sit down in front of a trustee, there were big signs in the court saying, you're swearing to tell the truth, and you're facing penalty of perjury, and possible fines of, I forget what it was, $50,000 in jail time, two years, three years, whatever it was. So you got to make sure to tell the truth, and especially when you have the meeting. Always tell the truth. Tell the truth to your attorney. But when you're under oath in front of that lawyer, if you are going to court or by phone, even though it's informal on the phone, you better tell the truth. And sometimes, if you don't tell the truth, it's almost certainly going to catch up with you. So that's very, very important. Make full disclosure. Don't hide anything because we don't want you to get into trouble. So the petition is filed. We do it electronically once we complete the petition, and you've got to pay a court filing fee. Right now, the court filing fee is something like $338 for Chapter 7. You're going to have to pay an attorney fee if you have an attorney, and just about every attorney in a Chapter 7 is going to tell you that they've got to be paid in full. Their fee has to be paid in full, and the Court costs have to be paid in full, and the reason for that is because Bankruptcy Chapter 7 is a very powerful process, and it wipes out all your bills, generally speaking, from before the bankruptcy. Guess what? If you owe your lawyer money when you file the bankruptcy, that lawyer is a creditor, just like you owe the money to the credit card companies, and it's sort of like a conflict of interest. Here you owe your lawyer money, he's going to file bankruptcy for you and get you out of debt. Well... That debt that you owe the lawyer is also going to be, in most cases, wiped out by the bankruptcy. So most lawyers are going to tell you, we'll work out some kind of payment plan with you, but we've got to be paid in full, and you've got to pay that $338 for the court fee as well. Fees from attorneys vary. Some are cheaper than others. Some are better experienced and more experienced and know a lot more than others. So I would say, you know, if you're going to file bankruptcy and hire an attorney, check out the attorneys that you're talking to. Don't just necessarily hire the first attorney you see or talk to because you might do better. At least get two or three opinions. That's my opinion. Maybe somebody else will tell you something else. So you file your petition. When do you have that meeting on the phone? It's approximately four to five weeks after you file the petition. Usually those meetings are very straightforward. Most of the people who conduct the meetings are attorneys. Some of them are accountants or businessmen. But uh, they're appointed by the court. It's sort of a one-day-a-month job. They have their own occupations. They do whatever they do. Most of them are lawyers. And they just listen or administer roughly 40, 50 
or maybe even 60 cases a day. They're listed five or six cases every 30 minutes. They usually start at 9 o'clock. If you're scheduled for 9 o'clock, you're probably going to get on there pretty quickly. And when you do them on the phone, you're going to have a phone number you call in, and there's going to be five or six other people on the line. One of the benefits of that is you're going to be able to hear what the other people are saying and what they're being asked by the trustee. And when the trustee asks those questions, the same questions pretty much are going to be asked of you, so you don't have to be nervous. You shouldn't walk in there being nervous. If your attorney prepares you, as we would, with uh, as much clarity and detail as you need, then you should walk out of there with a smile on your face saying, man, that was pretty easy. It wasn't a problem at all. Because if you're prepared and you know how to answer the questions, then you'll do very well. Obviously, just tell the truth. After the meeting, you still have to wait. What are you waiting for? You're waiting to get your discharge. That's the magic term. Discharge is a legal term that means your bankruptcy has been completed, successfully completed, and your bills are officially released. They're wiped out. You don't owe any more money to any of your creditors. And that even includes mortgages on houses. That's a different subject for a different video, but you actually wipe out your mortgage and you don't have to pay your mortgage anymore. At some point, if you don't pay your mortgage, you're probably going to lose your house. But I've actually had clients live in their house for nine, ten years without making a mortgage payment. And I said, that's a subject for a different video. If you want to watch a video about how to stay in your house as long as possible without paying your mortgage. And also, I've got a video on Chapter 13, which is going to tell you the benefits of Chapter 13, which actually, in my opinion, is much more powerful than Chapter 7. But for purposes of concluding this video about Chapter 7, you're waiting to get your discharge, meaning all your debts are wiped out. That's a document that you want to keep. If you lose it, you can easily get another document that is a copy of the discharge, but that's your proof that your bills are wiped out, you can keep your property. There's something else that scares a lot of people, and it's called a Notice of Proposed Abandonment of Property. And when clients get that, it's when they own a house, sometimes when they own a car, but usually when they own a house and they have a mortgage. And when they see it, because it's written in a certain legal language, 90% of the people probably call us up and say, what is this about? Because we tell them about it in, in advance, but it's hard for you know people to remember everything about bankruptcy. It's a very specialized area. But when you get the notice of proposed abandonment of property, that means you don't have to abandon your property. I say congratulations. That means you won your case. Don't be scared. That's not bad news. It's good news because the abandonment, the term abandoning the property, doesn't mean you have to abandon the property. It means that man or woman who is the trustee that asks you questions, he or she is abandoning any claims to take that property from you. Because if you don't do the bankruptcy right, you can lose your property. That's a good reason why you should go to an attorney as opposed to doing it yourself. If you've got a valuable house and you don't have a big mortgage, you might want to think twice before you file bankruptcy in New Jersey. Consult a lawyer. You want to do it on your own? It's like performing brain surgery on yourself, sort of. I wouldn't recommend it. What else do you have to do? You're waiting for your discharge. Before you get that discharge, you've got to do a debtor education class. I didn't mention something at the beginning, which I'll mention now. Before you can file the bankruptcy, you have to do a credit counseling class. What is it? It's not a big deal. You pick up the phone for about a half an hour, or you look, do it on computer for about a half an hour, and it's just some filling out some forms. 
I think they're going to get rid of this requirement sometime in the near future. But right now, before you can file for bankruptcy, you've got to get the certificate saying you've done this credit counseling. It's just filling out some forms about your income, your expenses, and your bills. I don't know a client that's never gotten the certificate. Everybody gets the certificate that it's okay to file bankruptcy. That's my experience. And uh, you need that in order to file the bankruptcy. And in order to get your discharge, you got to do this thing called financial management course. Debtor education is another word for it, where you listen to or watch some videos or listen to some people talking. And the purpose is to educate you on such things as how to manage your credit better in the future, how to increase your credit in the future, how to maybe save some money to buy a house and get a mortgage, and things of that nature. How you're going to get credit cards again, and hopefully how you're going to manage your money better in the future. So you got to do that in order to get your discharge. I'd say probably 95% or more of the people I deal with do that, but sometimes somebody forgets, and we, we remind them. We send them letters and call them to remind them and text them, but if they don't get it done, if you don't get that done and you don't get your discharge, you just wasted a lot of money, you wasted a lot of time, although there are ways to reopen your case, but it's going to cost you money. So that's an important step. It's not talked about as much as probably it should. You got to do that debtor education course. After that, you got your discharge. So let's quickly review. You start by submitting a bankruptcy petition. You have to supply a lot of documents. Obviously, the attorney is going to need your bills. We're going to need to know what you own by way of real estate or personal property, stocks, bonds, etc. We're going to have to list all your bills. If you don't have your bills, we can get a credit report on you. And uh, there's a free credit report that you can get by going to a website. The website is annualcreditreport.com. So we want to list all your bills, but even if you forget to list somebody, the law is if you file Chapter 7 and wipe out all the bills and you forgot somebody, that debt in all likelihood is also going to be wiped out. So there's nothing to panic about if you forgot one or two bills. We prepare all the paperwork for you. We file. If your case is officially started, congratulations. All the bill collectors have to stop bothering you. They can't sue you anymore. They've got to stop wage garnishments and all those actions against you. You go to your meeting about four or five weeks later, and you don't have to go very far. You just pick up the phone in your house or your car, wherever you are, and you talk for about five minutes and answer some questions. You wait about another two to two and a half months to get your discharge. While you're waiting, you get uh, you might get a notice of proposed abandonment, which is good news if you own a house. And you want to make sure you take that FMC, Financial Management Course, or Debtor Education is called. That costs about maybe somewhere between $10 to $25. The same thing for the first course costs about $10 if you go to the right places. And then you get your discharge. You're entitled to a fresh start. Congratulations. You can celebrate and have a party. Celebrate your victory over debt. You're debt-free. You want to get a mortgage in the future. A couple of years after your discharge, you're eligible to get a mortgage. You want to buy a car and finance a car. You're eligible to do that immediately. After you get your discharge, you want to apply for credit cards. You can do that after you get your discharge. I hope this has given you a bird's eye synopsis view of how the process works. A lot of people tell you maybe it sounds so complicated. I try to make it as simple as possible. Our goal is to wipe out all your debts as quickly as possible, get you a fresh start, improve your credit in the future, and put you on a new road toward financial freedom. Obviously, you'll get debt relief. I think just as important, you're going to get stress relief, especially right after the case is filed with the court because all the stress hopefully will go away because nobody can bother you anymore. I wish you the very best if you do Chapter 7. God bless you. All the best to you.